Chapter Twelve of A Bayard from Bengal by F. Anstey. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Don W. Jenkins. Chapter Twelve: A Race Against Time. There's a certain old sprinter. You've got to be keen if you'd beat him, although he is bald, and he carries a clock and a mowing machine. On the cinder path, Tempus, he's called stanza written to order by young english friend but i fear copied from poet tennyson ah with what perfervid affection did mr bosch caress the neck of his precious horse how carefully he searched her to make sure that she had sustained no internal poisonings or other dilapidations thank goodness he was unable to detect any flaw within or without the probability being that the crafty duchess did not dare to commit such a breach of decorum as to poison a derby favourite and thought to accomplish her fell design by leaving the mare as lost luggage and destroying the ticket receipt but old time had already lifted the glass to his lips and the contents were rapidly running down so mr bosch approaching a railway director politely requested him to hook a horse-box on to the next epsom train what was his surprise to hear that this could not be done until all derby trains had first absented themselves with passionate volubility he pleaded that if such a law of medes and persians was to be insisted on milky way would infallibly arrive at epsom several hours too late to compete in the derby race in which she was already morally victorious until at length the official relented and agreed to do the job for valuable consideration in hard cash lackadaisy after excavating all his pockets our unhappy hero could only fork out wherewithal enough for third-class single ticket for himself and he accordingly petitioned that his mare might travel as baggage in the guard's van i am not to say whether the officials at this leading terminus were all in the pay of the duchess since i am naturally reluctant to advance so serious a charge against such industrious and talented parties but it is nim con that mr bosch's very reasonable request was nilled in highly offensive and cut-and-dried fashion and he was curtly recommended to walk himself and his horse off the platform que faire how was it humanly possible for any horse to win the derby without putting in an appearance and how was milky way to put in her appearance if she was not allowed access to any epsom train a less wilful and persevering individual than mr bosch would have certainly succumbed under so much red tapery but it only served to arouse bindabun's monkey how far is the distance to epsom he inquired fourteen miles he was answered and what o'clock the derby race about one p m and it is now just the middle of the day exclaimed bindabun very well since it seems milky way is not to ride in the railway she shall cover the distance on shank's mare for i will ride her to epsom in propria persona so courageous a determination elicited loud cheers from the bystanders who cordially advised him to put his best legs foremost as he mounted his meddlesome crack and set off with broken neck speed for epsom i must request my indulgent readers to excuse this humble pen from depicting the horrors of that wild and desperate ride suffice it to say that the road was chocked full with every description of conveyance and that mr bosch was haunted by two terrible apprehensions that is that he might meet with some shocking upset and that he should arrive the day after the fair as he urged on his headlong career 
he was constantly inquiring of the occupants of the various vehicles if he was still in time for the derby and they invariably hallooed to him that if he desired to witness the spectacle he was to buck himself up mr bosch bucked himself up to such good purpose that long before the clock struck one his eyes were gladdened by beholding the summit of epsom grandstand on the distant hilltops leaning himself forward he whispered in the shell-like ear of milky way only one more effort and we shall have preserved both our beacons but alas he had the mortification to perceive that the legs of milky way were already becoming tremulous from incipient grogginess and now beloved reader let me respectfully beg you to imagine yourself on the epsom derby course immediately prior to the grand event what a marvellous human farrago all classes hobnobbing together higgledy-piggledy archbishops with acrobats ventures with bumpkins counts with candlestick makers dukes with druggists and so on through the entire alphabet some spectators in carriages others on terra firma flags flying bands blowing innumerable refreshment tents rearing their heads proudly into the blue empyrean policemen gazing with smiling countenances on the happy multitudes when not engaged in running them in now they are conducting the formality of weighing the horses to see if they are qualified as competitors for the derby gold cup and each horse as it steps out of the balancing scales and is declared eligible commences to prance jubilantly upon the emerald green turf n b the writer of above realistic description has never been actually present at any derby race but has done it all entirely from assiduous cramming of sporting fictions this is surely deserving of recognition from a generous public now follows a period of dismay for milky way the favourite of high and low is suddenly discovered to be still the dark horse the only person who exhibits gratification is the duchess dickinson who makes her entrance into the most fashionable betting ring and accosting a leading welsher cries in exulting accents i will bet a million to a monkey against milky way even the welsher himself is appalled by the enormity of such a stake and earnestly counsels the duchess to substitute a more economical wager but she scornfully rejects his well-meant advice and with a trembling hand he inscribes the bet in his welching book no sooner has he done so than the saddling bell breaks forth into a joyous chime and the crowd is convulsed by indescribable emotions huzzah huzzah they shout welcome to the missing favourite and three cheers for milky way the duchess had turned as pale as a witch for galloping along the course she beholds mr bosch bereft of his tall hat and covered with perspiration and dust on the very steed which she fondly hoped had been mislaid among the left baggage end of chapter twelve read by don w jenkins rancho san diego california shaggybark.blogspot.com